0: If we command our wealth, we shall be rich and free. If our wealth commands us, we are poor indeed. That is a quote by Edmond Burke. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from Trinamartin.com, is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 65. The topic of this week's episode is Create Wealth. My guest this week is Leonie Fitzgerald. Leonie is a property investment and wealth creation specialist. She is a finalist in the Women in Business Awards of Australia, but her path to prosperity hasn't been an easy one. As a result, She has a desire and determination to help others pursue wealth and create the life they desire. Hello, Leonie. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hey,
1: Trina. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. I am very interested in talking with you. Um, I have a big following in Australia, so I'm glad to speak with you. Um, but you are a wellness and success coach. You are a property expert. You are um, a money master. Tell me, because you're doing a lot of things here, but tell me how you came to be who you are today.
1: Ah, oh, Yeah, great question. I started when I was 18. I literally just left high school and um, I'd come into some money. I'd had a car accident when I was 11, so some money went into a trust fund until I turned 18. Um, And I went to the bank one day, and in the ATM machine, it said I had $51,000, and we actually hadn't planned for that money, and we'd forgotten about it, really. So I went home and told Mum and Dad that the money had arrived, and um, what are we going to do with it? So... My dad was working with somebody at the time who was doing property. Uh, His plan was to buy an old house here in Brisbane and put it onto a truck and truck it out to the countryside. So about an hour west of Brisbane, there's a little town called Forest Hill. We bought a block of land for about $20,000. And then we put the house up on stilts and did a a small renovation and then rented that out to uni students because there was a uni about five kilometres down the road. And that's really how I got into property. Wow.
0: So at 18, so is that something you always wanted to do or was that something you did with the guidance of your parents? Um, because yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm imagining with you doing that at 18 and now you're, you're a property expert, that has kind of helped you in your journey.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, I didn't do too much with that property. I left uh, Australia quite young and travelled the world. I ended up in London for 10 years living over there. So I bought a little flat and then I bought an old 150-year-old house as a renovation project and a development project. Um, So I spent nearly a year renovating that. And the goal with that was to sell it and come back to Australia to live and come home, you know, with some money behind me. I uh, didn't quite go to plan, the GFC hit uh, and in London it hit very hard and very quickly. So um, we ended up losing all of our profit, and then we had to keep that house. I ended up moving home to Australia a year, maybe a year and a half later and still the property market hadn't made a comeback so had to keep that property. Um, so I came home to Australia, moved to Melbourne because I thought Brisbane might be a bit too small. Uh, after living in London for 10 years and it was a very difficult time because not many people were hiring the GFC was was still occurring Uh, so I was actually unemployed for about three months Um, and for me that was very challenging I'd never been unemployed in my life Uh, so lots of mindset challenges around that and I ended up working with a life coach who gave me three sessions um and i was looking to change my career so he was very helpful in that and actually i ended up in the property industry from the life coaching lessons that i had with him wow so in this industry what what did
0: you do cuz it seems like you um almost were starting to try to flip the homes cuz you said you bought the home in london and you were planning on you know renovating it and then getting rid of it um but now is that what you're doing now?
1: No. So I actually help my clients build wealth by buying brand new off-the-plan properties um, around Australia. So I don't do the renovation thing. I, I worked out quite quickly that that was a difficult way to create wealth. Um, it does take a lot of time and it does take a lot of money and lots and lots of things can actually go wrong. Mm-hmm. So what I focus on now is brand new properties. Uh, here in Australia, we've got lots of um, tax incentives to buy off the plan and depreciation on buildings. You can claim back the depreciation on the building for 40 years. Hmm. Um, so they do work really well financially.
0: Wow. So your business, because you have um, Wealth Wealthology is the name of your company, correct? That's it. Wow. So... And I know it says investment specialist. So your investment is teaching um, people how to buy these new homes and turn them into investments, correct?
1: That's exactly right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I, I teach people how to build a portfolio of investment properties. Wow. So so what
0: does that look like? Because I know here in the United States, you know, with the real estate, we have people. And that's why I kind of said f- flip the houses because that seems like a trend nowadays that you – have people who will buy a home that may be um, old or foreclosed or something like that, and they'll renovate it and they'll sell it. But you're
1: buying new homes, and yeah, and that, that is a model that a lot of people use uh, here in Australia. We have a lot of those renovation shows, so everybody thinks that they can, you know, buy an old house and do a renovation and make lots of money. It's not that easy, unfortunately, Um, and I did go through that experience myself, and everything that could go wrong did go wrong on the property that we had purchased, so it cost us a lot more money than we were expecting and took us a lot more time, and we were both working full-time jobs, so we'd come home in the evening and do five or six, maybe seven hours of home renovation and then drop into bed exhausted, get up, go to work, come home and do it all again. And we worked all weekend. We had a full-time builder and two um, other builders that would come along and help him. And it took us nine months to completely renovate that house Mm -hmm. uh, and put us into quite a lot of debt. So we did get ourselves into a very challenging situation. Um, So, look, that is a strategy that some people use. Um, What's quite popular here in Australia, though, is to buy brand new. There's a lot less challenges with that kind of product um, some great tax incentives from the government here and you know very low maintenance properties so they tend to look after themselves you don't have to put a lot of money into them for the first few years they'll come with a builder's warranty um, and you'll get higher rents for a newer property than you will for an older property so the numbers work really really well so what what is the strategy or the
0: reasoning behind buying the new property because, I would like if if it were me let's just say I would just go straight to the builder and buy a new home. What is my incentive for buying from you? Is it that I'm a renter and renting the home or am I trying to be an actual home buyer? What is what is your strategy for um this investment um that you have with people buying new homes?
1: Yeah, so a lot of people think they can buy one or two investment properties and their job's done. sit back and relax and retire wealthy unfortunately that's not the case you do need to buy more than two investment properties Uh, the reason people work with me is often because they don't know what they're doing so there's many common mistakes that you can make when you buy investment properties and one of the most common ones is that you buy within eight to ten kilometers of your own home Mm. now people do that because they're comfortable with that area they know where their local school is they know where the shops are everything's familiar to them and they can drive by it on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't ever want to be driving by an investment property on your weekends because if your tenants haven't mowed the lawns for a month, you may not get any sleep that night. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, if your suburb doesn't grow in value, you've now got two eggs in your basket and that's never a good place to be. So I teach my clients diversification. So if you've got one on the north side of town, you may want to look at one on the south side of town next time. Ideally, you want to buy in an area that's got amazing infrastructure. Government spending is happening in that area. There's good schools, there's shops, there's nice green spaces because block sizes these days are getting smaller and smaller. It used to be when I was young, you could play cricket in the backyard. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. The land value is increasing, so it makes it more expensive to purchase land. So block sizes are getting smaller. Mm. Second most common mistake people make is with their finance, not using a broker. So often people will go directly to their bank. The bank will only offer you deals that they have themselves. You don't get to see across the board. There might be other banks that suit your specific situation better. So working with a broker who has you know c- can often access up to a hundred different banks and lending institutions can have a look and see what's available and put you with the right product mm. so that's another common mistake. people just don't get the finance right, and if you don't get it right on the first property, it makes it quite challenging to get the second property
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, you sound very knowledgeable about this, so
0: you're you're telling them the whole from the beginning to end this is how this is what you should be doing to add this property to your portfolio. And they're using this property as rental, right? So they're renting to people or um, do you only deal with residential or do you deal with commercial as well?
1: No, our model is purely residential and we have a buy and hold strategy. So we buy a property and then we hold it for a number of years. Uh, And then once that property grows in value, we duplicate, we do it all again. We'll take some equity out of the property that's had the growth and we use that as a deposit to buy the next one. So often people think that they've got to save their deposit but if you're a homeowner, you've probably got some equity in your home. Mm -hmm. So equity is the difference between the value of the property and the mortgage. So if your Mm -hmm. home's worth $500,000 and you owe $300,000 on your mortgage, you've got $200,000 equity, which you could take out of the bank and use as a deposit to buy your next property. Mm. Okay. Now, depending on the situation and the bank, uh, in Australia, most banks will give you 80% of that $200,000 to use. Um, they won't give you the full 200000 They do like to keep a buffer just mm-hmm. in case prices drop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, are you um, the broker as
0: well or do you help your clients secure a broker. So I would imagine you you have a team of people in your role of decks that you can refer your clients to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm not the broker. I'm a licensed real estate agent and I specialize in property. We do have a team of people that we connect our clients with. So we've got amazing mortgage brokers, solicitors, financial advisors and planners, accountants, all the people that you're going to need on your journey and the property manager is one of those key people. So we've got a panel of property managers that we refer our clients to. So we do take our client on a bit of a journey. Uh, it's not just flog you out of your house and never talk to you again. We're very big on education. Uh, I'm a huge advocate for educating people around wealth. So alongside the property stuff, I also do wealth coaching with clients and a bit of business coaching as well. I've got a lot of clients who are very entrepreneurial. They have their own businesses. So I do some uh, business coaching also. Wow. So l-
0: let's talk about that. Let's talk about the wealth coaching and the business coaching. Um, how, what exactly is that? Because uh, I've never heard of a, welch, a wealth coach before, even though I, I know I can kind of assume what that is. But tell me for you what that means and what that means to your clients.
1: Yeah, look, I've always spent uh, money investing in my personal growth and my self-development from a very young age, from about 21. I started reading, um, doing a lot of research, just trying to find out ways where I can grow myself, be better, understand myself more, um, and really started to work with mentors and coaches from the age of around 26, 27. Uh, And ever since then, you know, heavily invested in myself um, to learn new skills, to be better in business, to be a better person generally. Uh, And now I help my clients do that as well. So I'm a wealth and success coach. So I help people transform where they are right now, take them on a bit of a journey and help them get to ideally where they would like to be. And I attract a lot of people that are interested in bettering themselves financially. Mm Um, to create better financial success, if you like, give themselves some freedom for down the track when they're hitting retirement age, teach them all the wonderful things that ideally you would need to know about money and how to, you know, end up positively with money.
0: So what are some of your, your things that you teach your clients? So we already know that um, property is um one of your things that you have in your portfolio. What other things do you suggest to your clients? Now do you do you suggest um a foundation of things to all the clients or do you see where they are and see so would you look at a client and say, "Mm, property investment may not be the best thing for this person. So I'm gonna um tell them to take this avenue or do you have a certain framework that you use and you use that for all your clients?
1: Yeah, I do a bit of both. I do have a framework, but each of my clients, I I tailor their coaching program based on their needs, where they are and what it is that they're trying to achieve. Um, So it is a very individual program that I do with my clients. It's not a cookie cutter approach. Similar to the property side of things, there's lots of investment companies that do the cookie cutter approach. I like to do something a little bit more unique where I find out you know, what they've done in the past, where it is that they're heading towards. We do a very detailed goal setting session to find out what's important to the client. I like to understand what their values are. And then I design a strategic plan based on that information. So similar with my coaching, uh, I do a very intensive onboarding call where I find out all of the above. And then I design that coaching program around them. But yes, I do have a framework that I use for most clients, but then I do tweak it Um, As an example, I've got a lady who I'm just taking on at the moment. She's in business, got a couple of businesses, but also would like some personal coaching. So I will tailor that program specifically based on what comes up in our exploratory phone call. Mm. So Mm. I
0: like that. And that's very interesting to me. (laughs) Tell me about some of your successes because you're, you're, you have your business with your husband, is that what you were saying?
1: Uh, my husband works in my business uh, sometimes. He has his own business. He's a wealth and um, sorry, he's a health and well-being coach. Okay. Um, so we both do a lot with our clients around mindset. That one, is, that is one of the modules that we do. Mindset is very, very powerful, and I find that my clients who do the work with the mindset have
0: more success than the ones who are very resistant to it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I agree with the mindset thing. And that's with anything, you know, if you have limiting beliefs and the wrong mindset, you're, I don't care what your mouth says, you're not going to get too far. Um, So yeah. So tell me, tell me about some of your successes and what you've learned along the way, because you started at 18 doing an investment property. Now you've moved into a really big investment company and you're actually coaching other people. And we all know that that doesn't happen overnight, you know, because, you know, for the people out there who want to do what you do and look and say, you know what, well, she's doing so well. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm just going to go buy some, you know, new homes and train people, give them a reality check and let them know the things that you have done because it didn't happen overnight for you.
1: Oh, no, absolutely not. You know, I come from a family. My dad's a carpenter and a stonemason by trade and my mum is a nurse. So I don't come from a wealthy family and my mum and dad didn't have the tools to teach me what I needed to know. So I had to go out into the big wide world and find somebody who did. And magically, uh, I landed in a property investment company here in Australia um and started working in that business and we were very big on education and very big on mindset and very big on goal setting and property is just the vehicle that's going to help you create the wealth so i was really lucky i had an amazing mentor who i spent a lot of time with and learned a lot from so i've been in this industry now for 11 years teaching and guiding people on the journey of wealth creation um, and the one big thing that I've learned is, often we just need to get out of our own way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we're so used to being told no in life. If we think about when we were young kids, you know, your mum and your dad would probably say no to you more than they would say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, but that's just how life life is. And my parents, my mum and dad, are in their late sixties, and they were brought up by parents who went through the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. So there was a certain way of being in their household. So my mum used to teach me to eat everything on my plate because that's what her mum taught her because nobody wanted to waste anything in their generation. So even today I'm a 44-year-old you know, woman. I still force-feed myself everything on my plate because that's a belief. That's how I was taught when I was young and I still have that in the back of my mind when I sit down to eat a meal. So, you know, we're brought up by parents who know certain things and if they don't know the things that we need, then we have to go out and find somebody to teach those to us and that's exactly what coaches and mentors provide for people. You know, I read Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 21 and it was an absolute game changer mm-hmm. for me. That's where it all started. I all of a sudden saw a different way of being mm-hmm. and that's book. incredibly powerful. Yeah. Yeah incredibly powerful and you know it's funny because we tend to avoid what we fear most doing and ironically it's these feared actions that often lead us to achieving our goals and living the life that we desire wow yes and I'm sitting here and I'm
0: listening to you and I'm going yes because I had the same thing growing up too where I had a mother who was like eat everything on your plate and it's like well I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat everything on my plate. <laughs> That's it.
1: Don't waste it. There's kids in Africa. Right. Yes,
0: exactly. I heard the same thing. Well, there's there's people starving around the world. Well, I'm not one of them. I'm not starving. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But, uh, it's, yeah, it's so funny. You know, and you mentioned the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, because I read it probably, you know, 20 years ago as well. And it is, it's, isn't it? It was eye-opening, wasn't it? You know, you had a father... A man who just knew, okay, I need to work for a corporation. I work, 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 retire. And then you had this other one that was saying, no, you be the corporation. And yes. that's, you know, that is a game changer. And um, yeah, a lot of people don't see it that way. And and that's why you're so interesting to me is the way you've you've taken your um, humble childhood and upbringing, and you've you know you've gone out there and you've really. Made a difference, and you're doing things, and that took your mindset. And how long did it take you to get to that point where you were like, you know what? There's something more for me out there.
1: Yeah, look, I um, I don't ever remember having grand plans as a, a child. I went to, uh, I was in the public school system. I was a, I don't know, probably a B B grade student. So I wasn't at the top. I wasn't at the bottom. I didn't have to study to get those results. I had no real interest in study. I uh, wasn't really focused moving out of high school. I had no grand plans to go to university. Uh, and my, my parents had the thought process of if you want to go, that's great, but the cost will be up to you. Uh, so I ended up going to college and doing a couple of courses, uh, both of which I've never used uh, in my career. And I just kind of Went from one thing to another. I got into sales. I'm really great at sales because I can connect very well with people. Um, And a lot of people have a bit of a thing around the world the word sales. We're all salespeople in one way or another, particularly if you're in business. For me, sales is more about serving the person that I'm sitting in front of. So, how can I help? I have a big plan to help lots and lots of people in the world create a better future for themselves financially. I like to help people achieve. Um, their potential, do bigger things, play bigger, get out of their way, achieve more, do more, be more. Um, So I think it's an ongoing thing. I don't know when I all of a sudden thought, wow, I can have more in life. It was probably when I sat down with that life coach and worked out what was important to me and where I wanted to be in 10 years. Um, But I literally just wrote a very short list of things that I was interested in Uh, he had given me a number of tasks to do. They all sounded like they were a bit too much and I couldn't be bothered. So I just literally grabbed a notepad and I wrote on that pad seven or eight things that I liked. And one of those things I wrote down, funnily enough, was property. I also wrote down that I wanted to earn $100,000 plus. (laughs) I didn't want to wake up to an alarm clock. Uh, I wanted to help people achieve more. These are the things that I wrote on that notepad. And I found that notepad about three or four years ago in a box and I read through that list and that list is exactly what I do in my career now. Wow. So you manifested it. I did. And I had absolutely no idea that my job, if you like, even existed. I had a real thing about being a real estate agent because people have certain thoughts about real estate agents, similar to lawyers, um, and I didn't want to be that person that wasn't liked. Um, but I am a fully licensed real estate agent. I must be to give advice on property, but that's not who I am. So I don't come, you know, if I was at a networking event, I don't say, Oh, I'm a real estate agent. Cause that's not who I am, but I am licensed to be able to do what I do for people. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's just, yeah, just, you're so
0: amazing. And it's funny because I, I see a lot of similarities with my life as well. And, and just cause I came from humble beginnings where I had a mother who didn't know half of the things that I'm doing now and how to even teach me those things. And I, like you, I've always been into bettering myself and striving for better. So I always read or attended something. And the only thing that I didn't know is about getting mentors. Um, that's something that I didn't know about. And until now I realized that, oh yeah, if I had a mentor, that would be good. So it's it's so great to see that you are coaching to serve other people to help them achieve the things that they want to achieve that, you know, the normal person doesn't really know. Because honestly, I mean, unless you grew up wealthy, I think having wealth and learning how to obtain wealth, I think it's kind of difficult for people to really understand how to do that because you're not going to be, you know, just like the book, you're not going to be wealthy working for a job for 20, 30 years of your life.
1: Nah, nah. And nobody's ever saved their way to wealth. If you look at the richest 100 people in the world, the majority of them have a property portfolio of some kind. Uh, that's fact. You know, here in Australia, a property doubles, every 10 years over the last 50 years where we've been keeping records property prices have doubled or even tripled every 10 years so it's a pretty good way to make some money lots of people feel comfortable with bricks and mortar you know you can drive by it on the weekend you can touch it you can feel it Whereas shares for most uh, that come across my path anyway are quite uh can be quite volatile can be you know very nerve-wracking <laughs> might not get a lot of sleep at night Um, I do have some shares uh, and my um, plan with those is just never look at them, buy them, hold them long-term, don't look at them day-to-day, don't stress about have they gone up, have they gone down, know that investing is a long-term strategy. Like with property, I say to my clients, unless you're in this for 10 years, don't even consider it. Mm. And some people I do meet, I don't recommend that they buy a property because they do not have the right mindset around it. I went to a property investment event last year in Sydney and there was a speaker on stage talking about property. He was an accountant and he said that 70% of property investors sell their property within five years of purchasing it. Now that is half the time that you need to have that asset for it to do what it is required to do. Mm. So if you sell it halfway through, you are not going to get the results that you're hoping for. So it is a long-term asset. And if you're not willing to hold it long-term, don't buy it in the first place. Wow. And that's that's very interesting. Now, I'm,
0: I'm not in real estate. I have no um, knowledge or education on it. But I just know from what I've heard from other people and what I see and what you're saying is so true because I think I saw like a commercial on TV here where some guy was saying, Oh yeah, you know, come to my seminar. I'm going to show you how to, you know, buy property and I'll put all the money up and then you can turn around and sell it and make all of this money. And, but it makes sense what you're saying to me is that you have to hold it for it to even, you know, become valuable. Uh, you know, mm. Um, I just don't understand how you can go out and buy something today and then turn around and sell it tomorrow and it makes a profit.
1: <laughs> be great wouldn't it <laughs> if it was that easy we'd all be doing it exactly but unfortunately, it's not that easy uh it's like coaching you know when you first when my clients first start coaching with me we'll coach once a week for the first three weeks just to get set up get them on get them into the right mindset and then we coach every two weeks and we do the same day at the same time because that sets up uh certainty in their mind they know what to expect they know what the timeframes are. I have a very high level of accountability with my clients. If you're not going to do the work, don't coach with me. I'm a tough love kind of coach. Um, But my clients get results. So I don't let them off the hook because most people in life let them off the hook. Uh, I like to help my clients move forward. And to move forward, we need to be really clear about what it is they want to achieve. So, you know, firstly, I like to clarify and then powerfully align their goals and objectives with what really matters to them. So we explore what they want to focus on, what they're passionate about, where they're getting stuck in life. Then we talk about structures and practices and timeframes that are going to support them on achieving those results. Um, And then we just get on and we get the work done. Wow. So how many clients do you have? Well, I'm a little bit uh, particular about who I work with. So property is my main um, business, if you like, and I do the coaching um, as a bit of a part-time thing, I guess you could describe it at. So I only take on two or three new clients per month because I spend a lot of time with my clients and there's a lot of preparation that I do prior to the phone calls. Mm -hmm. Um, So I only work with two or three clients a month. Uh, Because when I started my own business, one of the reasons I did that was because I wanted some lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I came from a commission only sales role. I was very, very good at what I did. I was making stupid amounts of money, making a lot of impact. um, But I wasn't having much of a life. And I actually went through burnout twice in my last job, three and a half years I was there, had burnout twice. And that's where I had to learn about health and well being. So it's funny that my husband came into my life uh, because he needed to teach me those skills because I had no idea about that stuff. I'd drive from appointment to appointment, drive through McDonald's, get a Big Mac, eat while driving, on the phone, uh, trying to do 2,000 things at once, and it just didn't work for me. So I ended up with mercury poisoning. Mm. <clears throat> I, had, um, I used to eat a lot of tin tuna. Uh, and that's not so good for your health mm. because fish often have mercury and the bigger the fish, the higher levels of mercury. Um, and so I had to go through a, I worked with a um, naturopath for probably about 18 months, spent silly amounts of money trying to strip that stuff out of my body. And then about 18 months later, I ended up with adrenal fatigue, just burnout, just... um working too hard, having no life balance, didn't really know how to take care of myself, making lots of money and very successful in my career. But my home life was a bit of a shambles.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, the money means nothing if you can't enjoy it, if you're not healthy. Right. And so that really yeah. means nothing. So now do you do you do the wellness coach as well? Or is that just your husband? You don't do any wellness.
1: I incorporate some of that into my appointments, but I'm not qualified in uh, any way, really. Um, Often what we'll do is Pete will come on and he will do one of the coaching calls with my client if they require that kind of assistance. Uh, And that works very, very well. So we do wealth and wellness coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, So he has his own healthy eating program, Um, which is quite successful. Lots of clients get really good results. So not only do you lose weight, but you learn better eating habits. Um, Because often when you go on a diet, it's great. You know, you might lose five or six kilos. You'll take it off for a month or so. You can fit into that amazing dress for Christmas. And then all of a sudden in January, you put back on the weight plus more and you just don't know why. So Pete actually designed a program where you take the weight off, but you also learn the healthy eating habits to keep the weight off. Wow. Yeah, that's
0: it. It, un, it all goes hand in hand. Right. So, yeah, you have to be well to actually be successful as far as financial and everything else. So um, I like to say it's a whole package. Yes, <laughs> it's a, it's a whole package. Wow. I mean, I can. I can talk to you forever because this is very interesting, and and I do personal development coaching, and some of the stuff you're saying is stuff that I coach on as well, so I love it. But I'm going to segue into our uh, question portion of the show. So, oh. um, so here we go. So, question number one: Who or what motivates you?
1: Oh, who or what motivates me? I work with a business coach who is very motivating. Uh, And I spend a lot of time with him. He helps me build my business, but he also comes at me on a personal level uh, and a spiritual level. So he motivates me a lot. Okay,
0: What demotivates you?
1: demotivates me is negative people. I find it challenging to be around people that can't have a positive spin on life.
0: Mm -hmm. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good?
1: Oh, the property, uh, the renovation in London was an interesting experience. I was in a relationship with my partner at the time, uh, so we had many ups and downs. I learned a lot from that. Uh, I learned a lot of Mm not-to-dos.
0: What is your fear?
1: Fear, oh, not impacting the world enough. Mm. Okay.
0: Is there a time? When you wish you had done something that you didn't?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we all have those, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we do. Oh, look, for me, it's properties that I could have bought in the past, knowing what they'd do in the future. wish I'd done a few more of that when I was younger. Okay.
0: Now, here's the opposite of this. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something?
1: Mm. Oh, you know, there's a few relationships in the past, uh, but, you know, once again, they're all there to teach us things. So I am grateful for those. Um, Perhaps maybe a shorter time in relationships I knew that weren't going to go anywhere would have been something I should have learned earlier.
0: Yeah, I think we all need to learn that. Um,
1: What is your definition of success? Mm
0: -mm. Oh, happiness. Mm -mm. Okay.
1: How do you recharge? Oh, for me, it's a good book, uh, Lying in the Sun with my dog. Mm. What are you awesome at? (laughs) I'm a very good communicator. That's my number one. If you know anything about strengths gallop testing, communication is my number one. So I'm very good at communicating uh, and I'm a very good listener. Mm. Okay.
0: What legacy do you want to leave?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, Legacy. I want to help people know that they can achieve more than what they're currently achieving. So if I can do that in some way or another, that would be amazing. Mm. Okay.
0: Give the listeners one motivational takeaway.
1: Oh, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Just Get out of your own way. It'll be okay.
0: Okay, Leonie, tell the listeners how they can connect with you.
1: Yeah, so my website, wealthology.com.au, that's the word wealth, O-L-O-G-Y, .com.au. That means the science behind wealth. So probably best to get in touch with me there. I'm also on Facebook and I'm also on Instagram. So Leonie Fitzgerald uh, and also Wealthology. We have pages on both. Wow. Well, I thank you for
0: taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us here today. Um, It was great. I learned a lot about, you know, properties and investments that I didn't even know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's It's been really great chatting. So I appreciate your time.
0: Well, thank you. If you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving, because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.